This is the real start of the show. I feel like the last few hours have been a little bit emotional because of all the stuff that we've talked about. It's been pretty crazy. I feel like your energy is a little drained from how emotional all this stuff. It's a little deep. We've been getting into some deep stuff today. Well, we will be. It's a Pot Smoking Moms podcast. So if you're here, welcome, welcome. We're so glad you've joined us. My name is Sunny D. And this is my co-host and homegirl, Captain J. Hello. Hey, if you listen to the podcast and you enjoy us, please rate, subscribe, put a little review, share with our, your friends and be friends with us on all social medias. We have lots of social media platforms we're on. We talk a little bit later about how overwhelming that could be. Yep. <laughs> uh, but potsmokingmoms.com is the website if, you know, you want to know more about us and you don't. Uh, what are we smoking today? I got a bowl packed here in my little bong of some Purple Crip by Sunshine Cannabis. Oh, nice. And I have a little, my grape goddess from Rise. I like the name just because it reminds me of when I first started smoking El weed. Creepy. The creepy. That's the only way we would, you know, the sh- we would, the regos and the creepy. That's yeah. how you, we yeah. would, you know, tell what from what. And I'm sure there's people out there who still do it that way. I have never, I haven't heard anybody say the word creepy again. In such a long time. We're such refined tastes now <laughs> as adults. Go ahead if you want to hit your bowl, ladies or, or daddies, poppies. I think crip, creepy is like a South thing. I think so too. Not everybody says creepy. They got or other things. Said creepy in the nineties. Or said creepy. It's mostly a nineties thing, probably. Yeah. I don't think anybody really uses that anymore. <coughs> now it's just that like loud mean, gas and gas, yeah. gas and loud and all that stuff. Whatever other slang you wanna, you know, weed. Hit us up. What kind of slang have you have you heard that we don't? Because I mean. What's your favorite slang word? What's your favorite? I love saying weed. I think weed's my favorite word just because it's so easy. It's to the point. Pot has like, I know pot is in our name, but pot has like an old 70s connotation. Like, I think pot is like super kind of 70s, no? To refer to it as pot? I think so. That's like what our parents probably called it. Right. (laughs) Well, you know. We have an event coming up. Uh, if you haven't heard us talk about it yet, 710 Dab Day. 710 stands for oil, which is what most concentrates are considered. <laughs> it's at Fundamental. Are we going to do dabs? Are we going to actually do dabs there? I have no idea what to expect from this event. Like, from what I've seen before, I think I've seen people consuming at these events, but I, I don't know for sure. And yeah. but it's at this place in Miami, this uh, fun dimension. It, I looked it up. It's like, like a game a, place. Yeah, so I guess it's rented out for a private party. Yeah. But they have like bumper cars and video games. That's fun. I hope we tag. get to do some of that stuff. We'll see. We got one of our patrons, one of our listeners, one of our homies, one of our. Gonna, well, actually, we have local uh, patrons and 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 listeners who might meet us out at seven ten Dab Day. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there's other yeah, there's other going? people who are flying in from other places. I feel so special. Honored. I feel so special. Yeah, to go have fun with us over at Seven Ten Dab Day. So if you're in Miami area, July tenth, go to Seven Ten Dab Day. They have an Instagram page. You can pretty much Google them up and uh, find their Eventbrite with the tickets. Uh, yeah, come play with us. Come play with us. Come dab with us. I have a feeling. I have a feeling we'll be dabbing. I, do we have to dab? I mean, it is seven ten. We do. We should be doing a dab. Yeah, right? I mean, my, for sure. I mean, celebrate, <laughs> celebrate. I I would feel more comfortable if somebody was running the dab rig for me. I could think that's the most. I uh, think that's the part well, about I don't like the most is having to do all that. I shit. think if we are doing dabs there, they're probably gonna do that. Like right. heat the nail for you exactly. And, and then we bring our mouthpiece. Chance of you burning yourself, right? But then what? Hygienically, oh, we read an we article. We have to bring recently. our mouthpiece. We have to bring our mouthpiece with our little lanyards. Oh my god, I don't know about the lanyards. It'll be easier than having it in your hand, I guess. But then it's picking up all the germs around. I have to have it in a little satchel. Don't you got to put it in a little satchel? I don't want all the germs to fly around in the air atmosphere and jump onto the fucking. If it's flying in the air in the oh, atmosphere, yeah, it's, it's not going to make a difference. Right, it it, it, you're right. Okay. Right. Just, <laughs> We're already fucked. Yeah. Saying that out loud <laughs> made my brain get it. <laughs> that well, hey guys, stay tuned and see if we dab at that day. <laughs> come dab with us. Or come, or not. you know, or come dab with us. Um, we do need to also tell you that on Wednesdays, we not only do you get a new delicious episode of Pot Smoking Moms podcast. Or you could get it sooner if you're a patron. If you're a patron, you might get it before we record it. I mean, I'm telling you, you got to go pay to be a patron, but you might be surprised at what you get. You might find something in your mailbox one day. Mm-hmm. And not in a creepy way. <laughs> that sounded like weird. I take that back. But uh, not only do you get an episode on Wednesdays, uh, but uh, we do go live at 9 p.m. on Instagram, 9 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to, like, come sesh with us, come sesh with us, talk some shit in real time, Instagram live at 9 p.m. Eastern, Wednesdays. We're there. We're there. Be there. <laughs> We're there. Be the fair? there. No, the fair, but I'm changing <laughs> the it. Fair. So um, we got a fun interview today. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure everybody that follows everybody us knows who follows the mommy, the mommy Jane. Jane. Yeah, everybody knows know. who the mommy Jane. I'm is. like Shirley. It's funny. I love when I when we do interviews and then somebody pops up in the comment and says, "I was waiting for this one. <laughs> I was waiting for this." one. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like, oh, okay, you guys. <laughs> all right, yeah, cool. If you have suggestions for guests, always we're always willing to take them. Hit us up for sure. We've even. Even people have even found the TikTok of someone randomly and them talking about an endeavor and we've had them on the show before. So, you know, the sky's the limit. There's no there's no there's no limit to how high we're getting. <laughs> no, we're also going to put a uh, we're going to make it easier for people to apply submit to, to submit to be a guest yeah not saying that everyone's gonna get a chance to be on the show because it really depends and you know it's um i don't think we're gonna get that much of an overwhelming response but but somewhere we can direct people when yeah, they ask but we will put an area on our website um we're working on it for you guys to submit i know some people have really interesting stories a lot of the moms that we talk to on a regular basis do have really interesting stories 
And a lot of them want to share it just in case there's other moms who maybe are going through the same thing they're going through. So, and even dads, we had a, we had a dad hit us up like, Hey, can I be on the show? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, all right, yeah. cool. So, um, stay tuned for some updates on our website. Um, and stay tuned for the mommy Jane. We have a fun interview with her. We talk about things, you know, uh, mental health and important social things, media. social media and mental health, which is like, oh my God. Yeah. It gets heavy. <laughs> it's been a day but it gets heavy emotional day mm-hmm. um also speaking freak, of emotional, yeah, emotional right <laughs> um britney spears Free whole britney my testimony God. we just sat here listening to it we wanted to pick pieces but we've talked about this before yeah. last season the whole conspiracy behind Shit, it, whole, it was, and then we talked about it again when they did the, the documentary. Whole documentary about it yeah and you know before Brittany really wasn't like speaking up or saying anything, but she sure as hell spoke up now. Oh my God. And yes. And people were like, wow, we finally hear what her voice sounds like. And oh my God, it was, it was intense to hear. And it was. To. And you can hear all of the fear and all of the nerves and all of the anxiety Anger. and trauma in her voice. Like Fed you can up. hear. Yeah. She is done She's- over it. She was even like, oh, I'm going to sue my family. Yeah. I, she should definitely sue her entire family. And then at the beginning, when the lawyers even tried to block her testimony from being public, they're like, oh, we don't think it should be public because she may talk about medical privacy stuff and that should not be public. And she's like, you guys made my life public and taken advantage of me. I think we, yeah, this needs to be. Yeah. Like that's no fair. Yeah. You've made me, uh, you've made a total mockery thank out of me. God she stood up and said, yes, something. thank God. Cause we all needed to hear that. And I think now that that's out there. The state of California is going to have to is going to have to do something because it, everybody is on her side. Are you kidding? The public me? is on her side. Yeah. And she was like, and girl, this is the tip of the iceberg. She's like, I have so much to tell you yeah. because they have fucked me too long. And I have got to be free of, I mean, just even just speaking it into the world so people know she needs to be free. This is just the fact that it's even gone this long is insane. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We were it's and it's insane because I think if you remember when we were on TikTok going, what is her these TikTok videos she's making? Like the one that we thought was kind of insane of her like jumping into frame with and the flowers out, coming in and with out with the flowers coming in and, and out. right and then her looking kind of her eyes were over she glazed over. Was drunk on lithium. Yeah, they, she was talking about how they had put her on lithium just because they wanted a choreogra- uh, choreography a certain way, and she diverted a little bit off of the choreography to want to do something. She didn't want to do something. She didn't want to do a certain dance move. A certain dance thing. She said no. Right. And then they took that as insubordination, and then they completely changed her drugs, her, her, like her prescription her management schedule. management and the people that like manage her were in cahoots with her therapist. Right, because they're getting doctor, dinero. And they would be like, hey, doctor, she's not cooperating and she's not taking her meds, which she said is not true, that she was taking her meds every right. morning. The same woman gave them to her every day. Yeah. And they were making up lies to then put her on lithium, which right. totally, I mean, can fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, that's no joke. That's definitely no joke. And then yeah. the whole thing about all the nurses... When she started the lithium, they had to be there 24-7. She had absolutely no privacy. She had six nurses there at all times. Right. She couldn't even, like, change her clothes, do anything on her own. 
That's insane. yeah, yeah. And she has no control over anything at all. She can't even hang out with her friends. She can't see her friends. I, I, to me, it was so interesting to hear her a simple request of her wanting to let her boyfriend drive her in his own car, and she can't do that. Let, let alone then here leading up to having her, her, her with the IUD, them controlling her and not being able to have kids or get yeah. married. She wants to get married and have kids and they're like keeping her from that. That's yeah. so sad. She just, this needs to be over. This, there's no way after this testimony, the state of California can continue to allow this to happen. Yeah, some shit is definitely gonna about to go down. And you know, this may even change like, Disability rights. The way conservatorship laws are. Yeah, for sure. You know. Somebody made a really good, interesting point, and they were like, there's so many male celebrities who have lost their, who are have gone absolute cuckoo bananas. Uh, Kanye West, for example. uh, Charlie Sheen, for example. Have any of those motherfuckers been under some sort of conservatorship? Nope. It's all about controlling women. Always. You know, uh, so it's really interesting because uh, the only other conservatorship that I'm familiar with Amanda is Amanda Bynes, Bynes because I'm, she's another one that I always kind of, I don't know, I'm always trying to find out what's up with her. Because I think she is another one that's like one of those, like, just one of those celebrities that you know how this has been through a lot of shit. And she's talking about all the trauma that, I mean, who knows all the shit she can talk about her, what they've put her through. And that's the another entire, reason why her, her entire control. career, right? Like, they don't want any of that to get out. I feel like, do you remember when she was doing like, um, TV, re- this TV reality show with Kevin Federline where they were like following you know, them I, around? Do I, you remember? I knew that they, re- they had it, but I never saw the show. You never or watched anything. it? Never, ever. I never saw any little piece of it. Like she, you could tell she was like. Very kind of like a naive Southern girl. Like she's just. She started working as a child. Yeah. uh, Yeah. She was saying she's been working since she was 17, but it was like on Disney Channel. Wasn't she even younger than that? Yeah, definitely. She was younger than that. Yeah, for sure. Maybe she means like Like as Britney Spears as as a brand. Right. Right. Because that's when she she like released her album and all that. Right. And her. her, Yeah. Yeah. It's just like there. She has a lot to talk about. Oh, my God. And then, you know what the crazy thing is? is I saw TikToks of people going into Jamie Spears' Instagram, and all of her comments are turned off. And the one girl was just scrolling. It was just a a green screen of video of her scrolling through it going, why your comments turned off, Jamie? Why your comments turned off, Jamie? Huh? You scared of something? Huh? You scared of something? That whole family better be afraid. Oh, I mean, she literally said, uh, I should sue my family, to be quite honest. She said that. Yeah, even and though they don't have no money, she, their money is her money. And then she how she talked about how they didn't do shit for her. Nobody's done Nobody's anything helped for her. her. They, they, they've just let this happen to her. Even her mother. Yeah, it must be really hard to be. That's why I've always thought the celebrity life is not as like glamorous as it seems. It seems like a, just a lot of work to me. It seems just so. You constantly have to be this person and be at the mercy of other people. And, you know, I was talking to you earlier where it's like some people, some celebrities are like considered assholes and stuff because they don't want to look at people in the face or whatever. They have certain things in their contracts. But a lot of these people constantly have people in their face because imagine you're somebody who everybody knows. You don't know everybody, but everybody knows you. So they think they're free to fucking talk to you like they know you. 
has to be so frustrating. I bet it's crazy. And sometimes there are moments where you don't want to be an asshole. But what happens when you don't want to talk to somebody and you tell them no? And now suddenly you're the dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's multifaceted. And but- a lot of these people didn't choose this. Like, yeah, I'm sure she was a child and she was like, yeah, I'd like to be a star. But like. They were kids. Right. They didn't know what this was really going to turn into. And she didn't think this is what it was going to turn into. And her parents did not want to lose all the control they had once she became of age and could like have her own life and use her money. Yeah, she said her the only reason her dad is involved is because of the conservatorship, because if not, he would not play a role in her life. Never involved before. Never involved. It's It's just a whole fucked up situation. They got to fix it. State of California, fix that shit. Set, for, set her free. Yeah, free Britney Spears. Fucking A. <laughs> it's the segment everybody loves. <laughs> Captain J is switching it up today. I'm always yellow, bro. I know, but I can't keep track of it. But you start most of ev- all the stories you start. <laughs> That's why I was I had to check it, and then my brain fart. Rhode Island House Speaker says marijuana legalization can't be rushed after Senate vote. He's like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Chill. They're like, the Senate said it's all right, but we didn't say it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chill out, guys. The Rhode Island Senate might have passed a bill to legalize marijuana this week, but the top House lawmaker says his chamber needs more time to resolve differences between competing reform proposals. Slow down. In an interview with the Boston Globe that was published on Thursday, House Speaker Joseph Shikarchi was asked whether Rhode Island can afford to wait on legalization in light of cannabis-related developments in surrounding states like Connecticut and Massachusetts. Oh, they should (laughs) don't. He says, yes, absolutely we can, and we should wait. Because all the proposals are very divergent, he said, referring to the Senate bill. A separate House one, what? A separate House one and another measure filled by the governor. All of the proposals I've seen, in my opinion, and I've only scratched the surface of them because there's so many of them. Exactly. Really come from very strong advocates for either the cultivators or the dispensaries. I have to look at that and what's good for the state. If we're going to legalize recreational use of marijuana, we want to make sure the state gets its fair share. Like they're trying so hard to make it legal there. They have multiple proposals. For it. For like the. And, and one specific- has been passed already in the Senate, but the House is like, hey, but we still have all these other proposals. Like, we oh. really got to look at all this He's shit. like, hey, guys, we might have some more. <laughs> we might have some more better options here. Shikarchi said there are several issues that need to be addressed before adult use legalization advances in the House. Principally, he said lawmakers must closely examine how much revenue eat the state could collect under the diverging proposals. Social equity, licensing fees, labor agreements, and home grow provisions are among the matters that still need to be settled before the speaker is comfortable moving a given reform bill, he said. If we're going to legalize this, does that mean that people who are in prison and convicted of marijuana possession should be having an automatic review of possible expungement? If we're creating a whole new industry here, do we set aside one or two of these licenses for people in the minority community, he said? Those are the issues that we need to look at regarding marijuana. But the chief, most important issue is we want to make sure the state gets its fair share. Oh, yeah. If we can strike a deal, then we won't. Uh, He said, I think you come back when you have productive things to do. Hi, this guy sounds like tremendo paquete. The new comments come just days after the Senate 
after the state Senate approved the legalization bill from Senate Majority Leader Michael McCaffrey and Health and Human Services Chairman Joshua Miller, which they introduced in March. Governor Dan McKee also came out with his own legalization proposal shortly after. Oh, suddenly everybody wants to fucking figure out, figure it out. Everybody wants to figure it out. Oh, I know. I, I can, we can do better. Oh, I Apparently got a, I got an idea. I got an idea. The process here though. Yeah. This, it just feels like a bone big clown show now. It's important that we act expeditiously to enact a regulatory framework. Miller said, I don't know why this is his new voice. <laughs> Noting policy changes in states like Connecticut, where the state's governor signed the legalization bill into law on Tuesday. A third Rhode Island legalization measure <coughs> was also filed on the House side by Re- Representative Scott Slater and several co-sponsors. The governor, for his part, told reporters this week that while he backs legalization, it is not like one of my highest priorities. Uh, of course. Adding that we're not in a race with Connecticut or Massachusetts on this issue until he really knows how much money he's losing. I think we need to get it right. He said, pointing to ongoing discussions with the House and Senate, the House Finance Committee discussed the governor's proposal to end prohibition at a hearing in April. All right. So the House Speaker said recently that he views legalization as inevitable, but he told Politico that there are many pressing matters before us, and he's not sure if the chamber will have the time to consider the cannabis measure. Both the governor and the leader's legalization plans are notably different than the proposal from the former governor, uh, Gina Raimondo uh, that she included in her budget last year prior to leaving office to join the Biden administration as Commerce Secretary she called for legalization through a state run model. McKee gave initial insights into his perspective on the reform in January saying that it's time that legalization happens and that he's more leaning towards an entrepreneurial strategy there to let that roll that, to, to let that roll that way. Shikarji, meanwhile, has said he's absolutely open to the idea of cannabis legalization and also leans towards privatization. Hmm. Late last year, the Senate Finance Committee began preliminary consideration of legalization in preparation for the 2021 session, with lawmakers generally accepting the reform as inevitability. I certainly do think we'll act on the issue, whether it's more private or more state. (laughs) Senator Ryan Pearson, who now serves as the panel's chairman, said at the time, Meanwhile, the Rhode Island Senate approved the bill in March that would allow safe consumption sites where people could use illicit drugs under medical supervision and receive resources to enter treatment. Harm reduction advocates say this would prevent overdose deaths and help destigmatize substance misuse. Which would ultimately, I mean, yeah, that that's a great idea because it would end in um, more positive outcomes. From Yeah, so it, it seems like Everybody wanted to have legalization happen this year, and they all filed different proposals. And now only one's gone through Senate, and the House isn't ready to, like, rush that through without looking at everything. That's what I got from that. Right, but, um, yeah, like, look at all the programs. Take the best ideas from all of them and incorporate them. This guy's like, I am in no rush. He just doesn't even know how much money he's missing. Yeah, the state takes a fair, fair, fair cut. Like, oh, we're not going to figure it out until we figure out how it could be the most profitable for us. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So I I thought this article was interesting. Uh, Insider says, why experts say there's no difference between indica and sativa anymore? And that's what we, we've had a lot of conversations around this. Yeah, like, is, is. Is well, indica like, really indica and sativa really sativa? Like, right, because really it's different for everybody, right? Exactly. 
So weed is traditionally classified into three main categories, indica, sativa, and hybrid. But rampant interbreeding has rendered these distinctions almost completely meaningless. Also, different weed strains aren't regulated, adding another layer of difficulty to categorization. If you're new to cannabis and deciding which it, which kind is the best, you'll probably come across a few of the buzzwords, indica, sativa, and hybrid. For manufacturers, these terms indicate how the plant should look. For consumers, they d- depict the way the weed is supposed to make you feel. However, there's one problem with all this. Experts are discovering that these distinctions between the effects of sativa, indica, and hybrid weed strains may not be so cl- clear-cut anymore. Weren't we talking about how it's difficult to do research because there's so many different terpenes, terpenes and, and all kinds of varieties of... And not only that, even regulation would be... And they're just bred to, there's just so many hybrids now. Right. So indica versus sativa. Indica and sativa were used to distinguish between cannabis varieties based on physical characteristics, says Jeff Chen, MD, MBA founder of the UCLA Cannabis Research Initiative and co-founder of CEO of Radical Science. But at some point, popular culture began attaching distinctions in the effects from consumption of indica versus sativa, despite no evidence of this. Weed strains. Sativa strains are said to make you feel more energized, focused, and creative. They are taller than other strains and have long, narrow, fan-like leaves. Indica strains are supposed to relax and sedate you. They are shorter than sativa plants and have broader, bushier leaves. Hybrids are thought to mix the effects of sativa and indica, so you get the best of uh, both strains. Because they're bred from both sativa and indica strains, hybrid marijuana plants range widely in terms of their height and leaf shape and size. Therefore, when you come across a list of different strains at your local dispensary, it's entirely possible that the Aloha Sativa strain will energize you more than the liquid butter indica or that a weed marketed with a higher percent of THC will give you a stronger high. But it's also not a guarantee. Mm. So a 2015 study analyzed 494 samples of 35 different strains of cannabis, all labeled as either indica, sativa or hybrid. The researchers found that the chemical makeup between many indica and sativa strains were not was not distinct enough to differentiate the two. Furthermore, the study found that the amount of THC in any given strain can vary greatly, suggesting that you should not equate specific strains with specific amounts of THC. To complicate things more, hybrid strains are growing increasingly popular, and the interbreeding of these hybrid strains has become so common that distinctions between indica and sativa at at this point, are almost meaningless, researchers reported in a study of 2018. On top of all this, the environment where the plant grows, including its nutrients, the light it receives, the schedule of lighting, can change the ultimate product, says Benjamin Kaplan, uh, MD, founder of the chief medical officer of CED Clinic. So if you buy the same hybrid strain in California that you bought in Colorado, chances are you won't feel the same despite it being labeled as the same strain. Ultimately, Chen says uh, that you can't confirm either way what strain you're dealing with because there's no central authority nor standardized checklist to determine if a strain of cannabis is indica or sativa. That might explain why most marijuana sites will have some clarification similar to this one on weed maps. Keep in mind that even though their genetics will guide the experiences users have, each strain affects everyone differently no matter its designation. Yep, says that on every strain. Yeah, despite many pop culture claims and claims made by individuals, there's no proven clear distinction between the effects of sativa and indica varieties of cannabis. 
The only proven difference is the physical appearance of the plants. So when you head to a dispensary and see products labeled as either indica or sativa, take it with a grain of salt. If you decide to use cannabis, be sure to go forward with caution and be aware of the potential risks. Do your research. Also, sometimes the research is when you smoke it. Yeah, when you just try the different strains. You just try the different strains and see what works for you. Yeah, and luckily, I mean, not everybody has that, you know, privilege, unfortunately. We're trying to get there. Yeah. But when you start having that that ability, I mean, it does make a difference. Uh, Yeah, interesting. Yeah. We're still going to use it for jokes and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Because what are you going to do? In the couch. Yeah, in the couch. I'm so sick of that. <laughs> I love you, Miami! This is terrible. We're always sick of Miami because it's, you know, it's almost never good news. This is a really sad story. And this is the biggest story in Miami right and now. And it's insane. And I'm sure everybody knows about it. And that's about the... And everybody woke up on Thursday morning to the news that a there was a, a building collapse in Surfside, Florida. Crazy because... I didn't think it was, we all didn't think it was as bad as it was. Like, we thought it was bad, but then when we saw that footage, the the, the security cam footage from it collapsing, yeah. it's bad. I mean, it it, re- made, it put into perspective how bad it was. Like, I heard about it on my drive to work on the radio and NPR. They're like, oh, a building collapsed in Surfside. I'm like, dude, I'm like, right, I'm like, I pass Surfside on yeah. the way to my job. Like, I was like, oh my God, how does a building just collapse? So I was listening to the story on the radio and I couldn't believe it. And then I found out later that there was a surveillance camera that showed the actual event that happened at two in the morning. Yeah, while two in the morning. sleeping. People sleeping in their own house and the whole building in their own place and the whole building collapsed. Some people have been rescued. Some people were rescued while it, right after it happened from the building. Yeah. So it says I mean, here at least 159 people remain missing after the building collapsed in Surfside. Uh, search and rescue teams are continuing to look for um, survivors. Um, at least four people have been um, recovered right. and is dead. And uh, this happened around 1.30 in the morning. An estimated 55 condominiums fell to the ground. With sleep, with residents sleep inside. They're what just a fucking sleeping, nightmare. Like, what like, a horrible, horrible what, thing. I think they said that it was like a um, hundred and something have been accounted for and 159 are still missing. And they've found four dead. They, so they've only gotten four dead so far. And it's been like we're recording right now on Saturday and this happened on Thursday. Thursday yeah, morning. So they're not really making much progress. I mean, but I imagine, feels. I mean, if you look at the cow and everything crumbled and then imagine, imagine being the, the it looks like ground zero, just like yes, 9-11. Imagine having to be a first responder, trying to look for s- stuff in the road. They have dogs there. They have sonar devices that they're using to try to listen, uh, microphones and stuff. <clears throat> They're doing. They have a lot of resources. They, they yeah, just had like a lot even, of how do you bad even, luck with weather and and oh fires my god, it's been nonstop out. raining here, which is not helpful at all. And I mean, I honestly, one of the things that scares me the most here is, and I don't think so because they've released um, the 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 inspection of the building, and apparently it did have some major cracks in like the yeah, it was reported in twenty eighteen that there the were some garage. cracks and like and weatherproofing that was like not. I mean, and if you if you even know Miami Beach, like they're it's literally underwater. The like they, it's we have built and all of this shit on sand, and corrosive. it's like yes. So, 
the fact that, that Miami Beach still exists to me is insane. Because when it starts raining out there, there's whole parts of that city that are like underwater. Yep. Um, but you know, fucking people from Florida—they're persistent. We don't. Are you tell us a hurricane's coming? I mean, some of the people here won't even get ready un- unless it's category fucking four. I mean, yeah. it's insane. But this—that's is- what's so crazy—is that Miami building codes are extremely strict because of the hurricanes. So, and that's what the mayor was saying: is that this is like really crazy that this is exactly. happening, and it- especially in this country. Like, and people around there are with good reason, afraid. Like, think about all the people that live in condominiums on the beach that are old, buildings that are 40 years yeah, old or older. And every person that lives in a condo on the beach right now in Miami is thinking, could that fucking happen to me? Yeah, bro. But, I mean, I think sinkholes, to me, that's They already so ruled crazy. out. They ruled out that it is a sinkhole. They Right. But how terrifying is a sinkhole? Just randomly opens up the earth, or randomly opens up and swallows you? That is terrifying. That's super terrifying. This, makes, this made me think of that. Yeah. But uh, um, if you want to try and help, uh, they've received an abundance of donations. So I was seeing on the news that they prefer like monetary at this point because they have gotten so much stuff. Yeah. That now they're just trying to get through it all. I mean, I feel like whenever you're donating, if monetarily would be the best option. And under any circumstances, just because yeah. money, it, it, you don't have to know what they need. The money will take care of whatever exactly. it is they need. They'll use it how they need it. So the American Red Cross is helping displaced residents find places to stay so you can donate there. The ATJC Aventura Turnberry Jewish Center is collecting donations for individuals and families. Uh, Direct Relief has teamed up with the MBA's Miami Heat to collect donations, um, helping to provide health care for the survivors and equipment for first responders. And the Greater Miami Jewish Federation is accepting donations to help provide spiritual support because that's it's a Crisis Jewish counseling. it's a big Jewish community, yeah. I believe. Um, a yes. lot of people live Surfside, there. Yeah. Um, and then World Central Kitchen is serving hot meals to the uh, displaced residents and the rescue crew. Um, so those are all organizations helping and all yeah. we can do is hope is that they find more people alive. But at this point it yeah. seems like it's, it's not very hopeful. It isn't. It's very sad. Um, our hearts go out to these families, you know, and just God, this makes you realize how precious life is. Just, you know, be happy for every single moment you got, you know, because you don't know when the earth is going to open up or something's going to happen. Something crazy. Anything because this happen. is like. The fact that this even happened is insane. Shit like this just doesn't happen here. No. You know? And, uh, yeah, so our hearts go out to these people. Um, yeah, and if you can make a donation, please, please, by all means, they'd appreciate that. So uh, another news story uh, c- came from up Miami. from Miami. Uh, Angry Beyonce fans review bomb Trick Daddy's restaurant. Damn, we, we don't have a song. I know we should have we should have queued up. Well, look, well, look. Uh, uh, let me start this and, and look up what, a famous Trick Daddy song. We got you linked <laughs> up here, so we can let everybody know. Everybody can, because not everybody knows who Trick Daddy is. He's a big, he's a pr- predominant figure here. He's a rapper, uh, just like uh, Rick Ross is from Miami, and he's a representative. So is Trick Daddy. Um, I actually <laughs> was telling Captain J I sold him liquor when I worked at a liquor store once. I had no idea who he was. Uh, he had a diamond AK-47 hanging from his neck, like a, like a jewelry. jewelry. <laughs> so he was born here, Maurice Samuel Young. He's known to the public and uh, 90s era fans as the American rapper Trick Daddy. 
he's in the doghouse. Or maybe that should be the bay house. Oh my <laughs> Sense. I'm going to send whoever wrote that joke. Whoever. This is from Miami New Times. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send them a pat on the back. He became a trending Twitter topic this week after radio audio from a conversation on the invitation-only social networking app Clubhouse was made public. On Clubhouse, users can listen in to conversations, interviews, and discussions between users discussing various topics, like tuning into a live podcast. We've talked about Clubhouse before. In the audio clip, Young can be heard saying Beyonce fuck with her because she sees money. Beyonce ain't trying to give back to music or nothing. Beyonce don't write music and barely can sing her motherfucking self. Beyonce can't sing. <laughs> they spelled the S-A-N-G. Beyonce can't sing. Beyonce fans known collectively as the Bayhive swiftly retaliated by posting negative reviews of Trick Daddy's popular Miami Gardens restaurants, Sunday's Eatery. Dude, I had no idea he had a restaurant I had no Miami clue Gardens. Either. Miami Gardens is right there. Yeah, Miami Gardens is also uh, one of the top places to be murdered. What? No, they have. Miami Gardens has a high. um Really? High. Uh, what is it? Crime rate? High crime rate, yes. Oh, my God, really? Yes. yes, 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 yes That's yes, where yes. I go get my weed. Well, there <laughs> you go. That's where my dispensary is in, in Miami Gardens well. is what I go to. <laughs> oh, your dispensary. I thought we were taking it back. No. Like, oh, my dispensary is in Miami Gardens. Ah, see, sí, bueno. Boulevard. Pero bueno. All right. So Uprox reported that a slew of one-star reviews suddenly showed up on the restaurant's Google listing, each accompanied by a B emoji. The stinging reviews managed <laughs> stinging. The stinging reviews managed to briefly drop the restaurant's Google rating to 2.6. The rating has since then risen back up to 4.5 and most of the comments have been removed. Oh, shade. On Tuesday, June 22nd, negative reviews flooded Sunday eateries Yelp and Google accounts in retaliation for Trick Daddy's negative remarks. I guess this is just another summary. So the restaurant's Yelp account, which contained a large number of five-star reviews, also received a slew of out-of-state one-mark, one-star, um, one-star marks. Yeah, they shot all over his shit. They were all over from out-of-state, too, so they kind of, like, stood out. So the reviews had not been deleted, and the restaurant's account has been flagged for media-related activity. Miami food blogger Starx Smith Wait, are we there? Yeah, I just realized that we reversed our colors. See? You see my <laughs> Miami food blogger Star X Smith, which we're we're personal. Well, we're not personal friends with but do you, you we went to high school with I him. I went to high school with him. I hung out with him through a mutual friend. I had him in a class. A I had him in some class. And we follow each other on on Facebook. And he's I like he's him. He's a great guy. He's yeah. funny. And he's super funny. Posted a message of solidarity on his hungry black man Instagram page saying Trick is being attacked because he said Beyonce can't sing. This man hires black people and has a black woman as a partner. They are who I think about when seeing how the ratings can impact tourism. Not okay. They don't deserve this. What's ironic here is that many Miami residents probably didn't even know Trick Daddy owns and operates South Florida establishment until Bayhive decided to go after him. Sunday's eatery is popular and well-regarded spot where diners can, as Trick puts it, get a Sunday meal any day of the week and even take it to the house <laughs> via several home delivery options. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Do you ha can you play take that song? Can, can, you can we play that song? We'll play that song on our intro out. That's a fucking... <laughs> So the menu reads like a commendum of family um, meal favorites from deep fried snapper, catfish Ooh. ribs, shrimp, pop, uh, pop, pop, 
pork chops, chicken wings, and Cornish hens. Several items can also be prepared baked, including turkey, chicken, and fish. Sides include standard barbecued-inspired fixings like mac and cheese, collard Collard greens, greens. candied yams, peas, and rice, and string beans. Well, shit, now that we know Trick Daddy has a restaurant here, and it (laughs) sounds good as shit, like I want to have all that food. Uh, oh we God. we should we should totally go down there. We have need a meal to go to Sunday Eatery. That's what we, it's we called. We gotta go Sunday to Sunday Eatery in Miami Gardens, and we're gonna take it to the house. We're gonna take <laughs> it to the house. <laughs> I wonder when you call, you be like, "I like to order takeout for ticket to the house." <laughs> yes, please. I'd like to take it to the house. Take it to the house. Take, take it, it to, to the, the house. house. <laughs> you think the server on the other line of the phone has to repeat it back to you if you actually say it? <laughs> Like, hi, I like, to, I like to like, place an order and take it to the house, take it to the house, take it to the house, take it to the house. <laughs> okay. Okay, girl, we see you. We'll take it to your house. So uh, this next interview is was quite delightful. We've seen her around for a while. We've interacted with her. We've even been into in, in several like live rooms with her, like. Uh, I don't know. We with some we spoke on some talkativity and some other things with her. But this is the first time we got to sit down with the mommy Jane and talk to her about two on one, two on one Uh, to talk about social media and mental health. Uh, She does a lot of content creation in the cannabis field. You know, we talk about how how it's important. If you really want to get into the cannabis industry, you can and you should. And she wants to uh, support your decision to do so. So we talk a lot about that. Um, please enjoy our interview with the mommy Jane. Here it is. Thank you for having me. I was telling my girlfriend this morning how excited I was to be on this podcast. So it's it's very exciting. Such an honor. Thank you. Thank you. We I enjoy uh, uh, peeping your lives every once in a while, and you're so fun to watch. Thank you. I have I have fun. I really enjoy doing uh, live broadcasts. I I'm very comfortable for some reason in front of cameras. And so um, I really enjoy, you know, spreading the normalization of cannabis and sharing my success story. And, you know, I feel like we have this one life to live, might as well make the most of it and, um, you know, share, share what we know so we can help others. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like as moms um, that uh, love cannabis, you know, I, I, I never realized what a big community it was and also how necessary it was till people started reaching out, right? I'm sure women always reach out to you going, thank you so much for, like, representing. Yes, yes. Uh, the DMs are very significant, and I'm really grateful, and it's just further proof that, you know, we need to normalize this plant. Uh, there are a lot of women and men that are still in the closet, and... um it's tremendous amount of parents for the most part. And they, they come across my page or, you know, yours or anybody else. And they're they're just so grateful. They say, you know, I I came, I joined your community and I was able to find other women and I was able to find other podcasts or I was able to find, you know, other connections. I was able to get a spot in the industry. I was able to start my own brand. There's so many things that have trickled out from, from this virtual community. And it's been really so rewarding and that's why i i do it i complain a lot and i know i shouldn't but you know this industry is not easy it's so taxing sometimes on personal space and just integrity sometimes like you just you get bamboozled by people and you just feel like 
I don't believe it. I, I don't know if I believe in this industry anymore. I feel disheartened. And you just got to keep going. You need to believe that, you know, those people are teaching you lessons. The right people are out there and you will connect at the right time. You know, it, it doesn't mean that you're a, a bad person and you deserve this bad, bad business partner, or this bad situation. It just means that you're picking up these lessons along the way. And I have to remind myself when the going gets tough, like, okay, this is just a lesson. You're only going to come back stronger every single time. And I'm sure you too, from experience of just running the social media and running the podcast, it's, it's such uh, a tiring but rewarding industry, right? right? It's yeah. like motherhood. It really is. It's, it's exactly like I, I, I understand the female energy with this plant because it's, it reminds me so much of motherhood and, and diversity and individuality and how we nurture people, but not everybody's for everybody, just like not every strain's for everybody, you know? And so we have to remember that as well. Cannabis isn't for everyone. We can preach it to the high heavens, but not everybody's going to be receptive and they're not also going to have a, a lifestyle that's going to be for that. I had a neighbor who couldn't take it because CBD interfered with her medication. So it's just, it, you know, we never know what's out there. It's just a matter of us sticking to our paths, believing in ourselves and, uh, you know, making sure that we, we take care of our mental health throughout the journey of it all. Yeah, it could social media in in it of itself can be very very um overwhelming. I think over the pandemic, uh I picked up like a really bad social media kind of addiction where it's like every second of my day has to be consumed with something. So it's like, oh, okay, I'll just pick up this distraction real quick and start, you know, kind of letting it kind of control, you know, kind of just take over. And then once you know it, you're like, oh, my God, why have been why am I just doing like I, I got a break from this? You know, it could. Yeah, be, I think. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it could be like intense. Like it's kind of like a love hate relationship. It is such a love hate relationship. Oh, my gosh. I just said that yesterday or like two days ago. How I feel about social media it is a love, a love hate relationship. Oh, my gosh, because obviously it's the beast that feeds us. So we have to enjoy it. It's, it's, it's where marketing is going these days. So if you want to be any sort of business entity, you have to understand social media. You have to understand how it works to some extent. You don't need to be a maven, but you got to have a grasp, you know, in order to be able to be a marketable company or brand or whatever the hell you're going for with your life, you know? Um, and it, it's just the pandemic definitely. And with my children too, like they're going to have a rude awakening not having these opportunities to be on screens and sleeping in like we've been homeschooling. So like we get the homeschooling done in three hours and they have their, their leisure. They are not going to have that when they go back to school. And mm -hmm. so uh, I had to be the same way. Like I had to check myself and go, Oh my God. Okay. Things are opening up again. Like you need to like get back to reality because I left reality and that this became my reality. Yeah. My phone became my reality because nothing existed anymore. We couldn't go anywhere. So the only thing I knew that was real was this. It, it was so crazy, you know, for something that we made so much fun of that social media is fake and everybody portrays the fakeness. We were showing everything at that point. As soon as the pandemic hit, everyone's vulnerability showed, whether they wanted it to show or not. And some people's showed right away. And some people like myself, it took to 2021 for myself to collapse, you know, and, and feel the weight of the year because what a heavy thing we went through you yeah, know definitely. and thank god for cannabis you know so that's that's pretty much it is like we need to give ourselves some grace yes like we need to go back to like mother nature 
go back to the museums. Now they're opening up. Go see the planetarium. See some crazy stuff we've never seen before. Experience and, things. You know, oh my god, I am right? such a I have such a hunger for experiences right now. Yes, and being a stay at home mom, it's kind of hard because you're just like, oh, I have to stay in and be with the kids and stuff. But at the same time, like the streets are calling. Like I have to go out there. How old are your kids? It's entertain. It's really hard to entertain um, when you're, there's nowhere to take them. We moved to my hometown and I was like, well, I could take you to all these cool places, but nothing's open right now. <laughs> so, um, but my children are seven and 13. So what, uh, she's about to be eight and she always, she'll remind me if she was in the room, she would definitely like, <laughs> I'm going to be eight soon. And I'm like, all right, you're going to be eight in September. Okay. <laughs> but you know, you're both moms. You already know. Like once the six months hits, it's like, there, you might as well. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been with them, too. I mean, like, yeah, entertaining them. I, I, I'm like, I'm thinking of like, oh, what can I f- finally start to put them in? Please. Let's get yes, them doing camps, stuff. Everybody. Like, what are you interested in right now? Do you want to go to music camp, acting camp? Like, where can I take you to get you out of this house? For Seriously. Like, I kept telling them, it's like, this is just a trial for when you go back to school. But really, it's a taste of the freedom for me. You know, <laughs> seven years, man, is a long time to be at home. It, I love my kids and what a blessing it's been. But day in and day out is a long time to be around little tiny humans. Yeah. <laughs> so really excited for this school year for everybody to grow from it. <laughs> How did you actually come into the cannabis creator space, come into your community and start the Mommy Jane in the neighborhood? How did all that happen? Oh my God. I love that you called it a cannabis creator space because as you may have known, I I wrote this guide and I'm like, I just woke up yesterday and I'm like, I got to take out all the influencer words and I'm going to change it all to to content creator because I'm like, I don't want that word. I feel like it's a hindrance to us now. It waters down us as content creators. I'm honestly like 90% of my stuff isn't even paid content anyway. So how much am I really influencing if I'm not really making it my, my lifestyle, like, yeah, you can be an influential person without being an influencer and you can just be a regular person and people don't have to be influenced by you too. Like you can still like my page and not like the same shit as me. And heck yeah, that's great. What, you know, I I have a, a neighbor over in Jersey that I met in person and she doesn't even smoke cannabis. She just loved the mommy Jane. When I was in New York, she's like, I want to meet you. And I said, okay, let's meet in Jersey. And so we met up and it's like, she's a real estate agent. Her kids are grown. Like we are opposites. Like, but Hey, like, that's the cool thing about this is like this industry connects people. And that's why I love it. So let me answer your question on how I got into the industry. So I was, as you, as I was saying, I was a stay at home mom for a number of years at that point. And I was uh, an alcoholic and um, taking prescription drugs for my depression and anxiety, not realizing that the anxiety, the alcohol was exasperating the problem. And that's probably why my prescription drugs maybe weren't working to the fullest extent. Let's be honest. Okay. And you know, I've, I've been through prescription drugs since I was 19. So this wasn't my first rodeo, but it got to a point where I was also drinking day drinking and, uh, using food to cope with my stress and using prescription drugs. And I was reintroduced to cannabis by a fellow mother who showed me what a vape pen was and god that was like five years ago you know i'd never in my life in my dreams i had wished in high school i could have had that so i wouldn't smell like the high heavens like (laughs) i was telling my girlfriend the other day i used to put carmex on my fingers so my hands wouldn't smell i was using terpenes at the time i didn't realize i was using plant medicine but 
the things we used to go through to like prevent the smell. But she introduced me to this vape pen. And I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. I'm going to be able to smoke whenever I want instead of drink. Cause I really didn't want to drink. I was just so anxious from being a mom, so depressed from being postpartum and just like not feeling myself anymore and feeling, you know, when you become a stay at home mom, I was working from age 11 until 30 abruptly. So it was a shock to my system. I, I was a young workaholic and I was always carrying at least one to two jobs my entire life because I enjoyed working that much. So it did, it did a number to my soul. And so I realized that cannabis made me feel the way that alcohol made me feel, but without making me feel groggy, it took away my anxiety. It made me feel less of a mess and uh, more in control and my thoughts were more focused. And then, so I decided to do some research because my idea of cannabis was, you know, recreational. Mm -hmm. And so once I discovered that I could use cannabis to make my life better, I decided to start an Instagram page because Facebook was not very cannabis friendly. And every time I tried talking about it, my family was like, <laughs> like nothing. No, 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 <laughs> not a good idea. So I decided I was going to create a completely different page. And I started off private at first because I was kind of like scared, embarrassed, shy, carrying that stigma with me. And I would write like facts, like, well, you know, did you know this? And I'm trying this strain for this this week. And I would hide my face even because I didn't want people in Irvine to know because it was in a, in, you know, really conservative area, very anti till to this day, very anti cannabis. Um, and so I was trying to like lead this life. That's why I created the mommy Jane, because I didn't want to also give my name out. I really tried my best to like create this entity that was like this woman who was going to show the world that cannabis was normal for moms, but I didn't, I wanted to remain anonymous, hence the Jane Doe. That didn't last very long. It is what it is. <laughs> we it, it wasn't been my there. Fault. We started faceless too. <laughs> and after that, I was like, well, I mean, at that point, what are you going to do? You know, it's, it's in media forever. You're not going to mm -hmm. be like, you need to take down that episode. <laughs> so, uh, so we, you know, we carry on and it is what it is, but I really didn't, I did not intend to show my face in the beginning. I did not try and get it for, you know, the, the, any, any sort of like free products or anything that's been handed to me in this experience. I never, ever, ever anticipated in a million years. Like I just did it to help moms. I just did it because I was a mom on the internet, not seeing anything for us out there where there was nothing for us out there. You know, like it, there's hardly any research. I was barely able to discover about THCV and how it could help me lose my, my hundred pounds of postpartum weight. Cause I gained so much weight after like everyone talks about your, your weight during pregnancy. Well, I gained an extra 60 after on top of the 40 or whatever I gained. I, I stopped weighing myself at 220. I just stopped, you know, everyone gets to a point where you're just like, I don't even care anymore. I don't need to care anymore. So that was pretty much it. I, I was really grateful for cannabis and I shared my story and it kind of took off. And I just realized this year, because I was going back to Disneyland and I was kind of like having like a re reflection of, of visits and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'll be damned. I almost feel like if it wasn't for that Disney video that I created, because I, I'm, I had a little bit of a temper. It's definitely gotten better since I've done psilocybin over the past few years. But a few years ago, I really had a, a no control over my temper whatsoever. I like to think that I have better control now, but you know, we have, we have our days. Um, but I really didn't have control of it then. And we went to Disneyland 
And my husband and I, we were like totally like just chastised for bringing in CBD vape pens because I have anxiety in crowds and I don't take pharmaceuticals anymore. So I needed that in order to be at Disneyland. And they were like, there better not, they were like yelling at like, there better not be THC in this. You can't bring cannabis in here. Like yelling it in front of all the parents, pulled us aside and everything. Oh so gosh. I made this video at the park because I was walking through uh, California Adventure later on that evening after the whole thing had been settled and I smelled cigarette smoke and I was like, these motherfuckers can tell me that I can't bring in a CBD vape pen, but we're going to have sections roped off so that they can just smoke up a chimney. I can get secondhand smoke. It's willy nilly, no big deal. Like I was irate. So I filmed myself at Disneyland. It caught wind. It like, like gross sisters wanted me on their podcast. Sharon Letts asked for an interview for weed world magazine. Like it was all of a sudden I had something backing me. Cause I was a mom that was furious. It was one thing if you were going to be taking away my THC, like I'm going to try and sneak that shit in, but I'll understand if you take it away. But the CBD, no, I'm sorry. That's my medicine. Disneyland is it. Anyone who has anxiety knows that is an anxiety riddling place. Depending on what year, <laughs> or if you have freaking phobias of big things or rides or freaking people, germs, yeah, like just people. The horse it's gonna be at Disneyland. Oh okay? my god, there's so many people, and we were just taught we love Disney World. We're in Florida, so Disney World is our jam. But Obsessed. my god, have you seen the videos of the people lately? It's like packed to the freaking, yeah, it's I can't. But they took away the smoking areas now in Disney, there's no longer nicotine allowed. Oh, no cigarette smoke well, anymore in Disney, at least in Disney World. I don't know if Disneyland is different, different but in Disney World, they took away all the smoking sections, which is where I would go smoke my vape. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, now I got to ah, hide in the bathroom. Now you need a sploofy. <laughs> no, I got to hide in the bathroom. Then, then I learned how to hide my vape and then, yeah. you know, et cetera. And then I started taking psilocybin and that was a little bit easier. So. <laughs> etc et where there's a will there's a way so yeah or like don't edibles say no to me, and but, stuff too um maybe. i'd like to think that you know my little temper tantrum at disneyland caught the right attention and that you know any publicity is good publicity just as they say so i did the interview as jane i did not once again use my name because i was still trying my best not to say my name say my name but <laughs> someone else did and it's fine it's fine but um How'd your name get exposed? I want to hear this story now. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. And I, you know, at this point, she knows she said it because I confronted her about it. There, I was in a business with a woman named Lena Thompson and she had a podcast. I don't know if she still does, but we started the 420 Book Society, which is now a very popular subscription box that requires, you know, books and little fun, cutesy things that go along with it. And all the blessings to her in the business and her future, because that was just not my destiny, obviously. But she had, has, I have no idea if she still has the podcast um, and was talking about me and using my full name, like on the episode. And I was like, damn, there it damn. goes. And she would even say like, <laughs> Jessica Gonzalez, the mommy Jane. I'm like, no, like I'm, I was, <laughs> I was a group mom. I was doing my best to like, keep it under wraps, but you know, you didn't it have her. You didn't is. tell her to edit it, or you were just like ah, at this point. You were probably just like ah, whatever. Had already aired. Here we go. I think it had already oh. aired. Yeah. At that point, I started showing my face because I was like, falls to the wall. You know, like <laughs> at, at any point, people could just look me up. Uh, you know, my family. I have a very touchy 
relationship with my family. So I was a little nervous about them, you know, but you know, they found me also eventually just like, you can't hide. And once I was in high times, like I really didn't care. Anymore. <laughs> I didn't give yeah. a shit about At anything. I was like, you can literally see me if you Google me on, on Google. So what do, I can't hide it at this point. Even my ex-husband, I was like, you know, you take, me, take me to court. Like I'm going to tell the judge, like, I, this is my job. I'm not trying to like, you know, ruin my child's life or anything. I'm literally just promoting advocacy for plant medicine. That's it. So yeah, I was kind of like my buffer. That was like my like, okay, now I'm safe. Now no one's going to take my kids away from me because this is like my job now, you know, not the high times is like the end all be all, but I felt like once you're recognized in, in that sort of uh, culture, um, but it's, luckily it's you something. live in a legal state. There's moms that live in states where it's completely illegal. So the idea of doing it, anything like what, what you or us do is like, they yeah. just can't. It's crazy. We actually yeah. got a DM from a mom the other day that said, you know, we love, I love what you're doing, but I can't take that risk in the state that I'm in because of my kids and da, 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 my job. But she was yeah. like, I, as soon as it's legal, I'm, you know, hundred percent. And you know what? I think it's like to everybody. So, cause we started the same way with you, like the same way you did, because we were like, well, no at face, the end of no the names. day, what really matters is the voice. What really matters is the message. Right. Yes. But ultimately, like we started doing other kinds of content to, because when you do a podcast, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to record a podcast and everyone's going to listen to it. You have to promote it you have to find people to different ways and that's why it's content creator right so we i i I, you know i had theater background and i started doing funny sketches on tiktok and i was like you know what i have to like how can we and then and then we had spoken to some people who were like well how can you advocate for cannabis when like you're still kind of on the dl green baker yeah, I know. She you really, Angie. she really got us. <laughs> and, uh, and Yay, you know, way to get called out. She's like, how can you guys, you know, and really then, advocate, you know, for breaking the stigma if you're too stigmatized to even right, say who right, you are? Exactly. We're like, it's too, too much stigma. But at the end of the day, too, it's like, well, you have to respect everybody's level of like openness with it because it's still obviously very stigmatized. And some people work in a business where they cannot. Or they have exes that will be, you know, a little take cray. the kids away. Yeah. So you got to be careful with all that stuff. Businesses and families, and there's like so many reasons why people need to hide it. I I don't shame anyone for needing to be in the closet because it took me God over thirty years to get out of mine. So who the fuck <laughs> am I to judge, right? Yeah, man, it is. It it just is how it is right now, and hopefully, people like us can make it more normalized. I mean, yeah. you know, platforms make it difficult because they don't like us showing stuff. It's definitely normalized it. Doing this podcast has definitely normalized it in my life because my my dad found out about it. And now, like, I, I had no choice but to be more open with him about it. And he's totally cool. And now it's like nothing. Oh, like, so many conversations open the doors for, right? Yeah, exactly. I love this. Oh, my gosh. I love that. <laughs> And then I kept it from my mom, who's older. And then when I finally told her, I immediately regretted it because she was she's an old conservative Cuban lady. And I was just like, what? This is exactly what I didn't want. And then it was I like I was wondering with your background how it was going to because my husband's Latino and he's a hard rock to move because that culture is like if you're if you do drugs, you're a drug user. Like, that's it. 
Right. It's been painted in such a dark light, which is, you know, I kind of understand it and you kind of have to give them time. But it was like I had to say like brainwash. You knew me. You've known me this entire time. You know what a great person I've been. What a wonderful mom I am. Why does it fucking change now that I tell you I fucking love weed? But then if anything happens or anything is like, were you high? Right, right. The the judgment. There's still so much judgment right now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Do you smoke around your kids? Always, like, well, I, I, yeah, I, I blow the smoke in their face. Like, what the? F- Come on. Yeah, Let me bring. I hot box the van, don't you know, guys? Right. <laughs> like, on the way to drop them off for uh-huh. school. Yeah. They're so well behaved, obviously. <laughs> that would be such a funny TikTok. Hot boxing the van. Oh my god! With the fake comments chil- we would get on with that. fake children in the car. What a funny prank. Terrible. <laughs> so for any listeners or anybody that you think that would be interested in entering the cannabis industry well how would you recommend it how would you recommend going about it you know i get this question a lot so i'm i'm glad this is coming up you know i really truly believe that if you have a desire to be in this space there is a spot for you and i always tell people to look at your skill sets that you already have and you'll be surprised. You'll be very surprised on, like, I reflect back on my past jobs. I'm like, ah, 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 like it all kind of starts to make sense where you collect these little th- tools along the way for your tool belt. And so you, you just, I tell people to look around your house. Like, what do you have a lot of, like, what, sh- what, what shows a lot about you? Like, if you're a foodie, obviously it'll show because you're a big, you have a you know, this crazy kitchen and lots of kitchen gadgets. So maybe doing something that's a little bit more like food based when it comes to cannabis, you know, you don't necessarily need to be an edible creator. Yours jobs galore. If you God, yeah, seriously, or, you know, there's a million and the way things are going to like, go on LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. There's like it's, events it's, it's normal now like that everything is normal finding a job in cannabis is so normal. But if you're like, a, you know, um, I had a friend who she before did floral design and then ended up doing uh, architectural floral design for dispensaries. So when people open up dispensaries, they ask her for her expertise and she designs the fake fl- or real flowers. Cause you know, dispensaries love the plants. So she has a space in the industry using her design skill sets, which is amazing. And, you know, and I realized that I was hyping people up a lot. My friends would call me that were in the industry and they're like, Oh my God, I'm just like, I, I just want to quit. I just want to quit. I can't stand this place. I just can't stand this industry. Like I got screwed over again. No one wants to invest in women, blah, blah. It was like every day I was getting these phone calls and I was given advice and they're like, what did you do Jess? Or how do you stay mindful or, you know, whatever it was. And I was like, you know what? There's more to this. There's more to this. So I went and I got certified in mindset and meditation because I obviously have to like, I'm a crazy person and I need to take care of my crazy. So I did it first and foremost for myself. I'm not going to lie. Secondly, I learned because I wanted to help other people out. And that's how I I was able to take my skill sets, which was helping people and then got certified in order to help people and applied it into the cannabis industry. So I help mostly women and brands grow their business or their mindset behind the scenes of the industry. So that is like so fucking specific, but that's because I started to realize I was talking on the phone all day to people and I I loved it, but it's just so draining when, when it's not your job, you know? So I made it my job. There you go. (laughs) 
and then it's fulfilling. So that's the thing is you, if you like to educate, there's opportunities to educate. If you, you know, want to be a coach, you guys know, I talk about the coaching with Dr. Mary all the time and Greenflower Media does it now through UC Riverside virtually. I mean, there is literally an opportunity. Nothing can stand in your way. It's all virtual education now. It's all like, you know, from, um, Dr. Mary's is about 500 bucks and Greenflower Media is a couple thousand, but you're getting college education there and you're getting certified with Dr. Mary and you're getting put on directories there. And so, you know, all these things you need to consider uh, that are going to be for long term you know, investments for your, for your life. So if you really are serious and you really want to get the cannabis industry, look at the skill sets that you have. If you can already apply, if not get certified in something that you are interested in. I mean, look at, we've seen tarot people in cannabis and yoga and cannabis and fashion design in cannabis and, uh, you know, CBD companies and Delta eight companies. And, you know, you literally, the sky's the limit. You can become a lawyer. Mm. You can become a consultant for business. You can be a social media consultant. If you're really savvy in that trainer. sort of thing. I mean, it, it is, all up to you and don't look at me and think oh well the mommy jane's doing it so i can't do it are you kidding me i can't help everybody come on are you kidding right. me there, there is mm -hmm. something for everyone i tell people all the time this is not the same brand as this this is not the same brand as this i buy brands of all sorts and i will always be loyal to the ones i love obviously right. but i'm not going to be like oh well i only wear uh target clothes and that's it like <laughs> right. come on that's crazy you know <laughs> I mean, Target's awesome, but you know, so yeah. just all that to consider, please don't, 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 don't look at what we do and think, oh, well, you know, they, they've got the podcast and I can't do it. And she's doing this and I can't do it. See us as more of a reason to do it. Mm -hmm. See this, you obviously, if you're listening to this episode, it's, it's hitting your ears for a reason. And this should be inspiring you to take that initiative because we need more women in this industry. We need more positive people in this industry. If you're don't identify as a woman, just please use your, your willpower for good and, and join forces with, with great people. And, um, yeah, stay grateful. That's, that's my advice. Yes. There's definitely room for everybody and everybody's so welcoming in this community. Like everyone we've met, they're like, they're open arms, show you the ropes, you know, things like that. But, um, I forgot where my, where did you going. like when you, <laughs> How well, how is everybody? Yeah, okay, so I know. Do we need to take a minute to spark up a bowl <laughs> here? A question. I and had Teresa. a question and I lost it. I know. <laughs> oh, the guide. I wanted to know about the guide. You go through all of okay. that in, in the guide. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, so I just completed the video part of the guide this week, and I am very grateful. I, I'm glad. I don't know when this is going to air, but I'm just saying that right now because <laughs> I've been working on the written format since – uh, it took me three weeks to write it out. Well, I took notes. I've, I have dozens of notebooks. I'm sure you, you two do too. Um, of just notes I've taken over the years of, of just everything, like experiences, lectures, what have you, whatever. I've just collected all the information. And so I took my like best advice that I could possibly muster and condensed it into, it's over a hundred pages. I was trying to keep it 99 pages, but whatever it's like 108 or 109 and it might be longer after we edit everything who knows um but it's it's a meaty little guide and it's from start to finish of personal branding on instagram and um it's you know we, we're marketing towards people that want to be content creators but i honestly believe that this is a mindful guide to rebrand yourself if people are already branded and already established to some extent 
for them to buy this guide and go through it and comb through their page. Like I wrote that guide and like got so crazy depressed afterwards. Cause I was like, God, you didn't do all this stuff that you intended to do when you were writing out your notes of what you wanted to do originally. And then you you go back in your notes and you, you realize all the things you didn't done, haven't done. Right. You didn't do those steps. You missed this step. Why, why did you forget to do this? But it's because like, the the rug got pulled below me like i had no intent idea that it was going to take off as quickly as it did and I, I was lucky to be in southern california which was the right place at the right time because you know opportunities and events are rampant there and los am or uh, las vegas is not far san diego is not far um and so i definitely you know mustered up to that but i never ever anticipated the growth really uh, well, until it was already happening and and um to this year, I think was the first year I realized that I've, I've, I've made myself a pretty successful entity. And then I, that caused me to be more depressed. You go through these like, uh, imposter syndrome things. So I had like one depression node after writing the guide. And then like another depression node after I was like, Oh my God, you've done so much. Like, Oh my God. It's like, you go through this roller coaster. If you yeah. haven't done enough to you've done so much. And then now I'm like, I'm sure you two have gone through the same thing. Yeah, it's man. just crazy. We just need to give ourselves more grace. I realized after this guide was complete that like, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go through it again before this year is up. And I want to, I'm in the middle right now of rebranding myself and re energizing myself, I guess, for <laughs> lack of better words, because, you know, depression's a real thing and, and we all have good years and bad years. And man, I lasted like almost four years without really going through a really dark patch. And that's pretty impressive. Everyone in this industry is freaking out right now. And they think I'm like not taking care of myself, but for someone who has chronic depression and anxiety to like go that long, fuck, I'm so fucking stoked. And all of like, 2020, like after, after and all 2020, of 2020, like it's good. The thing is, is it's good because if had you had that happened in 2020, like, oh, my God, I feel so terrible for people who really had to go through it during that time. Because, a hard time. Yeah. 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 Because. But I, yeah, a roller coaster of depression. Like, oh, my God. And, and social media does not help. And numbers just do not help. Mm -hmm. And you just. Yeah. Imposter syndrome, because you're always like, well, how can I prove to the world that what I'm creating is worth their time? Because that's what I always think about is like, what can I do to make my content more valuable? And it's not that you're like comparing yourself to other people that do the same thing you do in the industry. But sometimes it's it's human to kind of look at someone and go, well, why are they getting so much attention and so much work? And I feel like I put blood sweat and tears to it and it's just a slow crawl so i get everything completely it all oh my god social media and depression it's like it's, it's a real freaking topic for real. It's a real topic i was i had a meeting this week with uh some people in the industry and we were talking about social media and depression and imposter syndrome i'm like man this is like too rampant at, at this point because we never got a chance to slow down we had the industry with the with the the world stopped, but I was still working uh, for a lawyer at the time up until like six like six months into the pandemic. So I was I was I was still working literally, and then everybody else in the industry was still fucking working also because the industry wasn't stopping. So I didn't stop. I was like, go 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 go. When I watched Tiger King, it was at night after I'd already <laughs> completed my fucking work. So that was rough, man. That was so exhausting and such a, I was looking back and going like, 
how the hell did you do that? Like, I, I, I think that's what caused even more like exhaustion and like release and mental illness and stuff. So I, I'm so grateful for the year that it gifted me, but man, I was, I was like a duck. I was just like swimming, <laughs> making it work. And we all are probably like tired now, you know, because we've all been doing this for over a year and a half and we all haven't had a chance to go on vacation because there's no place to vacation. And we've just been working because this industry has been nonstop because every other month is a holiday and an excuse to like celebrate excuse to talk about something. And Lord knows, man, it's like, hi. So yeah. So, okay. As a content creator and as a human, you have, I don't want to say biased opinions of certain things, but you have certain, you know, you have certain things that you believe in that are personal to you that somebody else might not agree with. Right. Oh fuck. Yeah. I get in trouble all the time for my mouth. So, right. So there are certain things, you know, that I feel like are hot topics that I kind of feel strongly about, but I also feel that it's not within my jurisdiction to be talking about it, but I want people to like, how can you as a creator say, Hey, I'm about this. I'm for this. But like, I'm not an expert at this. So don't expect me to be to know how to navigate, you know, this space. Well, right. Because I think like you, I, I, I we, everybody wants to create an inclusive space. I mean, for the most part, we definitely want to be able to like, we love everyone and we want to be about it. But we know that there are certain people or certain you know, groups of people that struggle with stuff that we will never understand. We want to support them, right, as a creator, but we we don't want to get into it because we don't, we're not experts on that topic. Do you see where I'm going uh, with this? I struggle with this all the time. As content creator and a public figure, people are always telling me I am not saying enough, and people are always telling me, stop fucking talking about this. You have no reason to talk about this. So, it is, I, I, I feel awkward as a white woman to talk about anything, really. I mean, I, 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 I will definitely own up to everything we have done. I think it is a shame and I am completely embarrassed and I don't want to get emotional because I will. My mother like obviously raised me to have empathy and she gets very emotional. And so I am a passionate person who grew up in the Bay Area and it's like I I care about people sometimes and almost to a fault, you know? And it's like I always want the best for humans, which is why I, I put myself out there because I see plant medicine as a, as a betterment for humanity. Um, but I can't do right half the time. And I feel like I'm constantly making mistakes when it comes to social issues. I got in trouble like two years ago for posting something that had to do with like fucking like Turkey or something. I don't even remember anymore. Cause I like blocked it out and everyone just is always just has an opinion. Like, Oh, Jesse, you didn't like, uh, like say this right. And you didn't word this right. And you didn't do this right. And it's just so hard because just, I want people to realize like we are doing our best. It is so hard to be scrutinized for, everything you say and do on a daily basis, it is absolutely exhausting. And I, I created this space because I truly believe that I can make a better positive impact on people's lives because people have told me that I do. 
but sometimes, man, it really takes a toll. It really takes a toll. We have a section in the guide that talks about the, um, I did a guide with Tokativity. I don't want to not mention that. They, and they are a, a social community for those of you that are listening and don't know. But they've also been very, very balanced in their social equity and uh, just social matters. And I've just really seen them as like a beacon of light for that. So when we did this guide and we, inci- we decided to do um, a section about cannabis history, I told them I couldn't do it. I was like, I have no room to talk about this. Like, I can't talk about cannabis history. And they're like, Jess, you need to talk about cannabis history. You you owe it to the community to do it and take, share your take on it. And so just know that you guys, those of you that do end up buying the guide, like that, that was like, I cried in front of them, like on two different meetings because I just was, it was so hard for me. And it's so hard for me now to even talk about it because it's an awkward situation to be in to be a white female influencer i know my privilege i'm like not uh, oblivious to it obviously and i know that i wouldn't be able to do this if my husband wasn't successful because i would have to have a regular job like i was doing before this and i i do my best to just use my voice for good but it, it backfires and i just hope that people that read the guide know that i made that guide with the best intentions and I did my best giving my take on cannabis history. And if I left anything out, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm just a human who can only do so much. And I just do the best I can. But I know think, that it comes from a good heart. Yeah. And I think ultimately, I think that's what we have to be giving the message about. It's like, look, with all this whole cancel culture and all this shit, like, it's just like, People are people and we have to also at the end of the day, give them the benefit of the doubt that you're we're all humans and that we're all still trying to like learn how to do things and how to approach things. And I can't speak for everybody's experience because everybody has a different experience. I learned through uh, one of our good friends, Pawhead Mom. We talk to her all the time. She's been on our (laughs) podcast a ton about how you could be literally a sibling and have a completely different life experience. So it's like, you know, everybody has a different life experience and I want, you know, I I feel like I want to support everyone, but I know that sometimes it's it's a learning experience. Sometimes we have opinions and we're very opinionated and like, it could be hard being the voice or being, you know, a person that's out there that has strong opinions. People like your opinions, but sometimes we need to be schooled. We need to be told what your experience is. To have empathy yeah. because unless you tell us what your life experience is, like we don't know, how, you know, like it, it's just it's it's difficult. We want to like, you know, you as a content creator, you want to be inclusive and you want to let everybody know that you're but also it's tough to navigate. I don't know what there's no strict set of rules and I don't want to be like fake about it either, you know. Oh, it, that's the other thing too. You don't want to be fake about it. You know, I talked about my bisexuality this year and that was the first time I, I ever spoke about that on social media because it was never something that came up that my, one of my follower, one of our neighbors tagged me in a, a post that I, that like triggered me. And I was like, she's right. Like, you know, I have people that uh, have come to me and, and they've never dated a girl before, but they'll say like, I'm attracted to them. And I, I, who am I to say, like, like, just because you haven't, like, I want to go to Scotland, that doesn't mean Scotland's not cool, because I've never been there. You know, like, we we always, like, tell people, like, how they should think and feel and all those things. And, you know, uh, 
it, it's just so crazy because I, I always like worry about bringing those topics up because I always wonder like, are you oversharing? Are you not sharing enough? Should you have said this long, like a long time ago or all those things? But it's like, if it's not relevant, like I'm, I will support my gay friends and, and my LGBTQ community and not have to be like, oh, well, I'm bi too. Right. You know, like I, 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 I just, I, and that's another thing that's like hard for me too, is, is the, the LGBTQ and how, how they're treated in the industry too, and how that's being exploited as well. It's just like, there's so many topics that right. I could go on that I could navigate through. And, you know, there's things that I, I have, I, I've intended to post and I've never posted and it just falls to the wayside. And luckily, sometimes, usually more often than not, someone else will post about it. I'm like, okay, good. Someone's already top- talked about this <laughs> topic. So I know it. because it's but so I overwhelming. I wish I could get out there everything I want to get out <laughs> yeah. there. I can't. I, I can't, know. I can't. That's why I'm just not feeling it by the time it comes up. And I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do this anymore. Matt. And it's just how it goes. For sure. I hear you. And that's why also too, but that's why you want to tell people that there's a space for everyone. Because if you are someone in that community and you have a voice and you feel you need to share your experience for other people in our, in our place, we're moms and that's who we are really, you know, talking directly to and can relate to the most. Uh, Even though you don't have to be a mom to like, to to listen to the mommy jane or to the pot smoking no, moms no no you don't even have to like cannabis to like us <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be really cool if you did okay. <laughs> <laughs> well but before we in our interview we definitely want to ask some fun you know pot related questions so oh, this is so exciting <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is your favorite method of uh using cannabis um well everyone's going to roll their eyes if they follow me on Instagram, because I just spoke about how I'm trying not to combust as much. And I'm really doing my best to find products that are non-combustible. So if you got some good ones, let your girl know. <laughs> um, however, I do love a bong with some Keith and some hash and all the fixins. Give me the dribbles. Give me the powders. Give me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A party bowl. Yeah. Give me a clean party bowl and a moose laps so I don't cough my face off yes. because we already we already know how sensitive I am. <laughs> and then um yeah, that is then I'm a happy bee. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to consume only edibles, I think, because it's not the same thing. And no, it's not the and same. it's but you I gotta feel have like some it's, some sort of combust, even if it's just a vape. I know. Yeah. Seriously. Even the vape's not the same. Yeah, even the vape's not the same. It's, I call it the Bud Light of cannabis. Yeah, Sorry, it is. That's so good. I know. It is true. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> it really is. It's like it's the circumstance. It's yeah. like the circumstantial. It's like that. It's a, it's I'm in Disney. I'm in the bathroom stall. Right. I this is what I got. Okay. <laughs> there was one brand that was pretty effing good. It's kind of costly though, so it's a little hard for the moms, you guys. But when you save up your pennies, Airgraft. Oh God, Airgraft makes some really good. Po- they always they 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 partner with. They're the pod or they're the battery, but the pods are like um, really freaking good. The California brands that they they've partnered with, so. Hopefully they go nationwide, but they're the battery. Their battery is AirGraft, and they have like this nano cryptocurrency thing where it's like they've decided with the grower what terpene burn to to make it at, and so like when you hit it, it's like what the grower decided for the strain what it was going to be, and all oh. this crazy shit. Wow. 
So it's like fancy. An experience. Yeah. So shout out to Airgraph. I don't, I'm not affiliated with them, but I do love them because damn, I was like, okay, this is pretty fucking close. So funny. Nice. Like, can you imagine if the card is like, oh, the terpenes in this card were extracted by Mark? Lopez, and then it's like a little <laughs> bit about Mark, and then it's like every vape cartridge. Wait, it's like, let's ta- get to know the guy who squeezed the turps out of your flower. <laughs> that would be so funny. It's like, or like oh, baseball I cards I for. We, I wish we could get to know our growers a little more. I would right? love a little, a little picture. You know how sometimes they put that with the like, fa- if you buy like the fancy eggs, they'll show you who the chicken is. They're like, this is Helena. <laughs> Okay, so how about some strains? You mentioned that you use some strains that helped you with weight loss. So, oh, we yeah. have a couple people who are, have been asking, like they don't want the munchies, but they do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a huge question. I should talk about it more often. Really, once again, content that I fucking intend on posting and never put it up. <laughs> put that on there, joint. So, uh, the, I've talked about this on some podcasts, but no one asked me, and I really should bring this up at like every podcast. This needs to be like my my thing. My tagline, you want to look for strains that have THCV in it, which is uh, tetrahydrocannabivarin. I'm probably saying it wrong. You scientists can fucking judge me all you want. I am not a guru. So that sounded pretty I'm good, I'd say. Um, but it is THCV for those of you looking. And those are usually, uh, we, we lo- use this term loosely in the industry now, but sativa dominant normally um african <laughs> land race sativas and they are usually you know strains like durban poison and um you know girl scout cookies is another well-known one that i believe has a pretty good thcv amount like i to this day try and just aim for anything that has like mint in, in it because you know it's really hard to find like pure thcv strains there are like a number of them and they're listed if you google them i'm not going to list them all for you right now um, but if you Google it, you'll find it. And then you can find products. People create products. Some people create products that are THCV heavy. And some people have created tinctures and some people have created capsules from what I've heard, because I've asked the people that create the products. I'm like, why isn't there more THCV? Apparently mm-hmm. it's extremely expensive. So, cause I guess you have to like, obviously uh, isolate it. I- I'm assuming, I don't know. Maybe that's why they're doing it wrong. I don't know, but it's expensive at the moment until they find another way, but you can look into your own research, but THCV XJ 13 was one. I just, that just happened to work for me. So I truly believe like getting out there and like looking for ones that don't necessarily increase appetite. You might find ones that will ironically suppress, not suppress appetite, like entirely because you're, I don't want you starving to death, but you're not going to like run to the kitchen, like immediately after smoking a bowl Mm -hmm. and eat like six bags of famous Amos cookies. (laughs) Not that I've done that in my life, but I've done that in my life. So it's totally, totally normal. And even if you do do that, who cares? Just drink water and the next day have a smoothie. You'll be fine. So, um, (laughs) balance It's all about balance. Okay. But yeah, THCV and minty like type strains, um, cumulene, if you're going to get in the terpene factor, because that is in grapefruit and we've all heard about the grapefruit diet. Don't do it. Ladies, <laughs> gentlemen, don't do it. Okay. Are Your gross. body needs nutrients. Don't starve yourself. Just smoke some weed. That's going to make you less hungry. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking easy. There don't fucking go. starve yourself. Don't be impatient. Jesus Christ. Stop being impatient. Everybody. <laughs> Everyone wants to be like, I've been. I've talked about this in my stories today. I've been a size two and I've been like a size 20 over three times in my life, like back and forth, back and forth. Okay. Like Michael Scott, snip, snap, snip, snap. 
it's you just got to be happy wherever I'm and my husband's never not loved me when I was up there or down there or in between he's just 10 years later love me at every size and I've been every size in front of him after 10 years you you, you become all sorts of sizes as moms mm-hmm. you know so um I've just really just tuned into loving myself I've been so grateful for the body positive movement that has happened yes um since I become a young adult and uh you know shout out to Tess Holiday uh who was my first body positive woman body positive panda was another account that I discovered on Instagram um and then ironically uh who became a body positive person was Sarah Landry of Birds Papaya she and I were losing weight I was doing beach body talking about MLMs I'm not knocking it it worked for me I, I know a I don't know if she was doing beach body too but we met online during our one of our yo-yos of weight loss up and down up and down journey because she had she would like myself had been a bigger girl who was losing weight and then ironically we both gained weight again and it is what it is and and that's the thing is like someone told me a couple of years ago when I was pretty thin and working in the cannabis industry they're like are you like worried about gaining weight again because you're known for your weight loss and I was like I hope to god I'm not known for my weight loss like I hope to god that there's more to me I took it off my bio I had it in my bio like oh 100 pounds weight loss due to cannabis when I first started and then I took it off because I was like I don't want that to be my identity like I want me to go through all sorts of phases like I'm going to be the mommy Jane but one day I'm going to be the grandma Jane and everybody better still fucking love my wrinkly ass for what it is, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I gained weight during the pandemic and then I lost weight again and I might gain weight again and I might lose weight some more. Who knows? Like, I don't know because my body's so different and I just feed it when it's hungry and then I smoke when I'm not high enough. And that's how I treat my body. <laughs> I smoke when I'm not high enough. So <laughs> another weed question. My motto now. What was the strain? <laughs> What was the strain you were just smoking on before our, our, we started and they gave you that monster hit? I am, oh, I'm so glad you said this. Okay. I mean, I don't want to butcher the name. I think it's cherry gelato, but hold on a second. Cause I don't want to fuck this up because I've been wanting to talk about this one for a while now. Can you all still hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. It's outside because you know, mom life. Oh shit. I just tripped. <laughs> told, told you. <laughs> told you I'm an accident prone. <laughs> Okay, it is cherry gelato. Okay, cherry so I gelato, was right. you did remember correctly. Cherry gelato. And it's, okay, very, I usually buy two strains, but the deal was so great. I got like 14 grams. And so I decided to just opt for this one. And I was like, God, please just work for me. I usually get two strains because when I smoke one, I get too used to it. And I have to switch to the other one and go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth that week. But I read about the strain and I think it was like a five-star rating or close to it online. And I was like, well, I'll be damned. So, yep, not lying. They were not lying. It's a good strain. So if you need something that's for anxiety and you still don't want to be like sleepy, um, have been snacking a lot, but who fucking cares? It's just, it feels good <laughs> to not have anxiety. You know, my friend told me today, oh God, I just really love her so much. But she was like, Jesse. I just realized today that I am going to be fat for the rest of my life and I'm fine with that and I'm happy and it's just who I am. And I was like, and I am going to love every inch of you, no matter what size you are. And I think that we need to like have that grace for ourselves. Like, like who we are is who we are and we cannot put so much anxiety. We put so much anxiety on our, our bodies and our weight. And I, I hope that that's like changes 
in the next few years. I hope as a mother of daughters that I can change that trajectory. Um, you know, my, I was an overweight child. I used food as a coping mechanism until I found drugs and alcohol. Um, and my mom had me on like slim fast when I was 13. She had me dieting in middle school. So it has, it has been a journey. It has been a journey for me. And there's things that a lot of my freaking friends don't know about my life and you know, it is what it is, but um, that's why I'm such an advocate for mental health and I'm such an advocate for cannabis because those two really saved me and get my, get my health back into my hands. Awful. Oh. So I know, sorry, it's a heavy topic. It's probably why I don't talk about it online very often. And you know, my mom's still alive and she was in that culture of like Jane Fonda and cocaine. And obviously, you know, like not that she was doing cocaine when she had me, but before having me, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you know, they were skinny minis and all hopped up on amphetamines. And they thought that that was like, that was the normal lifestyle. Well, if everyone's on amphetamines and working out like fucking crazy, of course, everyone's going to be fit. Like, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather just uh, love myself for who I am. And I had to have that conversation with my mom when I was postpartum with Hazel and I was getting close to my biggest point and she was just like crying and was like upset like just to see me like I guess big again I guess it upset her whatever fuck it I don't fucking care fucking never did it for her to begin with and I never will and I told her that I said mom I'm sorry but I'm so happy right now with who I am and I'm sorry that you can't be happy for who I am right now that's the saddest part like when family and friends treat you differently just because you become heavier it's really strange oh. and then when you lose the weight they're like oh my god and and they're so happy for yeah, you. Yeah, they're acting and they're like, like, and it's like, well, why weren't you happy for me? Yeah, before? hey, Did listen. You not think I was happy. Let, don't yeah. even get me started on the topic because I was just about to tell you that other day, just so just to give you an idea of my situation, my relationship with weight, I had gotten like food poisoning, and then I had seen my mom on the weekend, and she said in Spanish, she said, basically. Oh, hey, that that food poisoning did you well. It looks like you lost a few pounds, which like. I mean, that just to give you the idea of the kinds of shit I've grown up with in terms of like weight and stuff. And I was just like, God damn, lady, seriously, like, oh, what the fuck? Why? Like, really? Are you listening Even to yourself? Even in our adult age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if that's like this now, like, yeah, when you were like, oh, that your mom had you on Slim Fast. I remember when they would wake me up and try to get me to do like Disney exercise, kids exercise shit. <laughs> For Christmas, I got the Get In Shape Girl kit. You remember Get In Shape Girl? It was like a kit of barbells with like the headbands and like the leg oh warmers God, really? and the tape with the instruction guide on the exercises that you can do. Uh -huh. Yeah, for real. My culture was like, so fucked hit. up like, for us. Like, I just want to give like a collective oh, hug to just everybody listening right now. We got, <laughs> holy fuck. Like, no wonders we are so fucking messed up. <laughs> It's just beautiful to see that now they're way more accepting of all body types. Like even when you're in the store, I oh, see yeah. larger mannequins. Yeah. Like, and I see oh, yeah. larger women in, in advertisements for clothes and stuff. And they're beautiful. And it's just like, 
what we grew up with yeah, was, was Kate, completely Kate fucking Kate different. Moss. Kate Moss and yeah. fucking oh yeah. low-rise no jeans with no, oh with no stomachs, I, completely flat yeah. stomachs, like skinny, skinny, skinny. For no, sure, no, no. for sure. I mean, yeah, it's insane. It's insane. But it's good to see that there's something happening. Like Lizzo, too. I love Lizzo. I, she is like, to yeah, me, oh, I'm God, like. Yes. Can we talk about her, too? Yes. Oh. Oh gosh! Yeah. Yes, that's why I, I. This is why I have I have two other girlfriends of mine, and we're in the theater together. We do theater stuff together, and we have had like a crazy weight journey. Um, us three, and we constantly like weight is like a major component in our life. So I'm trying to get them to do a podcast, but one of them is kind of in denial because she's doesn't like to be fat. You know what I'm saying? So she, because we were like, me and my other friend, like, well, we don't want to promote diet culture, but we also want to be realistic about, like, about it. And, and then so my the other friend who's kind of hesitant is just like, I'm struggling because I don't want to be happy being fat because I'm not happy. So I don't want to, like, pretend that I'm, you know, body positivity when I'm, like, not happy. So it's like a oh, struggle, but I, I think it's too. Yes. such a yes. good That's conversation to have. You can be fat and happy and fat and unhappy, for sure. Right. She can be that voice. Exactly, <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to kind of convince. Because the thing is, is two people that are trying... I see people who are so good, and I feel like they should be creating content online so that they're more accessible, their art is more accessible. But... There's a disconnect with like a niche you have to have. And I, th I feel like people get stuck in the idea of like you have you have to be boxed into a niche. And that's not necessarily true. A niche is a starting point for what the first community you want to hit and, and who you want to target first, who's the most relatable to you. And then you want to branch out from there because there's more aspects to your life than just that one thing. Mm hmm. Cannabis is not just the thing. Cannabis is a starting point for us. We love weed. And this is why we talk about the most. But it's a branching point because we're also moms. But that we don't want to get stuck in just being moms. So who else are we? We are creators. We do other things. It's just yeah. like, you know. Dang. This is such a freaking great conversation, man. Oh. Yeah, and weight oh, is very emotional. Right <laughs> weight, weight conversations are very emotional, and that's why I feel like I understand someone who'd be hesitant in talking about it because it's vulnerable. You open yourself up and you... There's a facade that we put. I don't want to, I want people to come to pot smoking moms to have a good time. I don't want, I, but, but I also want them to know that there is a realistic part to us. There is a life going on. So we don't, we can't constantly be like showtime, you know, like it's just kind of like it, we got to be real about it, but we don't want to be a burden. So it's hard because you don't want to be real about what you're going through because you don't want to burden the people who you're trying to give like like you're trying to harbor right because you're trying to you're trying to be positive for everybody but it's struggling because inside you're you're just like oh fucking mm -hmm. i don't want to be sunshine and sparkles all the time because it's just not how it is but i don't want people to be like worried about me <laughs> that's the thing is oh my god there's nothing worse than my friend when my friends when i say that i have like depression my friends are like i'm worried about you I'm like this does not help like please don't worry about yeah. me i worry about myself for all of it it's us. like doesn't it suck when you're like crying you're in the, or you're about to cry and then somebody comes up to you and you're like oh my god what's wrong and then it's like then you start to fucking break down because you're just like oh that's the breaking point like somebody going Ugh. 
People ask me what's wrong. That is like my least favorite question. And that was the mommy Jane. You can find her on Instagram at the mommy Jane. Her website's themommyjane.com. She also works with a wonderful group, Tokativity. You can uh, find her at tokativity.com. Backslash. Is that forward slash or backslash? Backsplash. 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 Okay. <laughs> Tokativity.com backsplash the mommy Jane. And then she has um, a bunch of uh, wonderful things. Love, I love her lives too. So please definitely check her out. Um, thanks for sticking with us and listening to us. We know you have plenty of options to choose from when it comes to podcasts. So we appreciate that you take the time to hang out with us and sesh with us and get up to speed with cannabis stuff with us. Um, with special thanks to our sponsors, as always, you really make it work for us. You, you, you know, you help us and we love your support. Yanni Reyes, Destiny Adams, Lauren Hansel, Jesse Reyes, Christy Rodriguez, April Collins, Terry Grimsley, Shelby Gleckler, and Denise Castor as we love you. Nice. Thank you guys for listening. We love you too. Hit us up on our instant, on our instant. On our social medias. I need to get some sleep. Instagram. Do you have the trick, Daddy, to play us out? Oh, yeah. Let's do but, it. Okay, I won't have an ad read. <laughs> do I just press play? I don't know what you do. It's the video. should have gotten like an, an area. With the yeah. <laughs> right, let's, oh, let's take it to the house. <laughs> what happened? You told me to put take it to the house. Oh. Is this not it? You know what? Bad idea. This was an awful idea. We'll, scra- <laughs> we'll scratch this. Here's the theme song, guys. <laughs> <laughs>